Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Malevolence, adjective, having or showing a wish to do evil unto others. Evil, adjective, profoundly immoral and wicked. I've struggled with the idea of evil since I was a child. I first learned about the concept of evil from Disney movies evil stepmothers, evil sea witches, evil men. The evil beings wanted to take control and destroy what wasn't theirs, to take away freedom and joy, to take away our voices, to take away what we loved, take and destroy. Then I learned more about evil in Sunday school. Evil forces that work inside our own minds and lead us into sin. Sin, noun, an immoral act considered to be transgression against divine law. Things got really blurry for me here. How did we discover divine law? How did God tell us that things like having babies outside of marriage or living with your boyfriend or loving someone of the same gender were sin, immoral, transgressions against divine law? How do we know that unbaptized people go to hell? I remember becoming agitated and indignant with my Sunday school teachers when they tried to explain that unsaved souls go to hell, even if they've never heard of Jesus or Christianity. So by no fault of their own, these souls would be damned for eternity. That sounded evil to me. Take and destroy. As I got older, I watched the church take and destroy over and over. Take women's rights, destroy loving union. Take self-esteem, destroy humans' connection to the planet. Take children's innocence, destroy their trust and sexuality. Take and destroy. It took me a long time to believe what I was seeing, to believe there was an evil in the church. 
I tried to understand. I tried to focus on the love and the good things that were happening. I tried to focus on my personal relationship with the divine and ignore the institutional harm that had happened for thousands of years and that continues to happen. But at some point I couldn't see beyond the taking and destroying and I left the church. I started to see this pattern of evil all around me in relationships, in business, in nature, take and destroy. The sparrow would take the bluebird's nest and destroy the eggs. My English teacher took my paper and crumpled it up before my eyes. European immigrants took the land of Turtle Island and destroyed the cultures here. People who say they love each other destroy each other's lives. Big business destroys the environment and takes massive profit. Take and destroy. I deeply understood that this pattern, this evil, is inherent in this place. It is built into the program. It's part of our software. This impulse to take and destroy is a thread in the fabric of earth life. Just like all things that are inherent to life here, I discover that I can't just cast this evil out and choose goodness. I can't just transcend my animal nature, vibrate above my shadow, leave behind all of my lower emotions. They continue to exist. And at times when I'm stressed, hungry, tired, depressed, these energies surface. And with a vengeance from being so long neglected, I had to turn and face them. I had to confront the evil, the pattern of take and destroy. I had to look it in the eyes in my own life to deeply understand what was happening here. To look into the gaping mouth, always hungry, never satisfied, that is host to this evil. The Cree people had a word for this pattern. They called it Watiko. I've talked about that on previous episodes here. This devouring, hoarding, taking, destroying mind virus. They had seen it occasionally take one of their people, and they knew its fullest expression was cannibalism. The absolute violation of human life and all other life. They were horrified to see that every European immigrant they encountered was consumed with this virus. I became really fascinated by what made certain people more vulnerable to this pattern expressing itself through them. It seemed to come back to hunger, insatiable hunger, physical survival hunger, emotional hunger to be seen and known and valued, 
intellectual hunger to be right, hunger for power born out of hunger for safety and visibility, unmet survival needs kept unmet or barely and conditionally met over a long period of time seems to create the perfect environment for this thread of take and destroy to firmly entwine itself into the psyche. And this pattern is contagious. When someone takes what we love and destroys it, we are left with our own gaping hunger, hunger for justice, hunger for revenge, hunger to have our beloved restored to us. This hunger can take us into the same evil that has visited us and leave us there to perpetuate that evil in the world. I've seen this happen to good people, people who couldn't resolve the bitterness and the anger and became takers and destroyers themselves. Like all things, this hunger, this desire to take and destroy can be integrated into our whole selves, just a thread in the tapestry without hijacking and taking control of our lives. You see, this evil wants to take and destroy from our lives as well. This pattern guides us to sabotage our relationships, to see things that aren't there in order to begin the process of destroying. This pattern whispers to us that someone is going to take from us and destroy us. And in this process, it hijacks our brain with the contagion. We can't see clearly we are seeing through the filter of the mind virus. Everyone is a threat. Everything is coming to destroy us. We must isolate. We must protect. We make our circles smaller and smaller. We become more and more certain that they are out to get us. When the mind virus has a hold on us, we begin to vibrate with the energies of paranoia and fear, aggression and hostility, and the world responds to us in kind. People and animals sense our hostility. The world withdraws from us. And this looks like evidence that we were right all along. We have become hijacked. When I worked as a veterinary technician, we would sometimes see dogs who had survived horrible abuse. They believed that everyone was a threat. They cowered and shook and postured, ready to defend themselves from the world that had proven itself inhospitable to their lives. Some dogs could never recover from what that had happened to them. Even with lots of love and treats and a warm bed, they would still lash out at children or men with beards or anyone wearing camouflage. Their minds had compartmentalized the danger, but never integrated the part of themselves that had suffered so terribly. They were still waiting for the evil to revisit them, the trauma lodged in their bodies. There is certainly plenty of evil in this world. And this evil is just a thread in the tapestry. This world is not inherently evil, and the assertion that it is only primes us to be more susceptible to the contagion. 
looking everywhere for those who would take from us and harm us. I see evil most prominently in the systems we've created. They were born out of hunger, hunger for power. They are consistently and methodically taking and destroying. In most other spheres of life, this pattern only emerges in extreme duress, like the example of our abused dog friend. It's not pervasive. It's not expressing everywhere all the time. I've learned in my life that I'm most susceptible to the expression of this pattern when I've not dealt with my own needs and hungers. Physical hunger and the hunger to be seen and valued and loved. When children are raised in an environment when their hunger is never satisfied and where they can't trust the world to see and meet their needs, they're at high risk for this pattern of take and destroy to grow strong in them. The systems we've created and consented to are perpetuating this growing hunger in our children. We don't see our children or hear them. We're so distracted and their hunger grows. There's an African proverb that says, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. This warmth is the antidote to evil. This embrace, being seen, fed, cared for, loved, accepted. These things fill us with strength and belonging. They prove to us that there's safety in the world and that we will be provided for by the bountiful earth herself and by our community. I have practiced magic and so I do energetic shielding and I use black salt at the thresholds, and I burn rosemary to cleanse heavy energy. But none of these practices are nearly as powerful as being loved, having a sister to turn to with my fears. The systems we have created with a foundation of hunger for power offer us false belonging, conditional belonging, the threat of exile or punishment always hanging over our heads perpetuating the story that we're in danger of being cast out. This is veiled evil. The purpose is power and control, not deep seeing or valuing of people and all of our complexity and diversity. These systems uphold ideals of homogeneity and perfection, casting anyone outside of those ideals into the shadow realms of insatiable hunger for belonging. It is a recipe for the contagion to spread, take and destroy. The Eastern religions have found that by emptying ourselves of a self, there's no one there to be taken from. We shift our identity to the vastness of the all rather than identifying with the individual self. This is a powerful tool to keep evil at bay, but it comes at a great cost. We miss out on the fullness of an earth life by constantly removing ourselves from our experience and denying the reality of our experience here. The Western religions have leaned on a savior, a being who stands as an intercessor to protect them from evil. And in return, they owe the institution devoted to that savior, their loyalty, their money, and their lives.
This is veiled evil, the concentration of power and control. The pagan community has learned to wield the power of evil for their own purposes and to ward against personal evil. This can be effective, but it can also lead to a hijacking of our sovereign power to perpetuate the pattern of take and destroy. I believe that it's time for a new posture, a new way of being human. When we see and understand the roots of evil, the hungers and traumas, and we work together to create true belonging, in this way we identify as the community, the all that is incarnated in physical form. Our systems shift from take and destroy to celebrating diversity and strengthening individuals as part of an integrated whole. I believe that this shift is well underway and the forces of take and destroy are desperate to keep their power. They're getting louder and more fierce, more bent on separation and driving fear into the hearts of people to intensify our hunger and inflame our trauma but it will fail. Those times are quickly moving behind us. We have grown too wise to fall for these power plays. We've seen the effects of this mind virus when it has given so much power and we are ready to take our power back and invest it in true healing and belonging. I see this happening every day in the circles I gather in. I see it happening with clients, with family members. We are shaking off these old patterns and finding new ways. We are learning how to live as infinite beings in conscious communities of diverse individuals. We are integrating, healing, protecting and guiding each other. We are coming alive, waking up, and seeing ourselves and each other with the eyes of the heart. We were made for these times. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me and it's time to come back to